Um, we're going to participate in communion here in just a minute. Uh, well, a few minutes. And uh, Ben is going to lead us in that time. And I just want to remind you that communion in our setting is open to all who follow Christ. Because if you're not a follower of Christ, then basically it's just a little bit of juice and a small cracker. If you do follow Christ, then the songs that we were singing this morning, reminding us of who Jesus is and the sacrifice that was made on our behalf, to not only cover our sin, but to deal with our sinfulness. So when we receive communion in just a little bit, it's more than just a break for a minute in the service. It's more than that. And so for all who are followers of Jesus, you are welcome to participate in that. As Matt said, um, Easter is now going to be in October. If you haven't heard, they changed the date on Easter. I don't know what happened, um, but evidently Easter is coming in October. Um, I want to lay out a little bit of the plan for the weekend, whatever weekend it possibly might be. Uh, and we're going to give you more input uh, in the coming weeks in that as we kind of see the, the tunnel growing smaller and the daylight opening up. Um, we are going to do a Friday evening open house. And that way you can come and we're going to have food and we're going to have music and we're going to have all of these things going on. You can come, you can bring your family, you can come and you can bring friends that you've been telling about this new building that we're going to be in and they can see it for the first time with you and we'll have a time of fellowship on that Friday evening. We're also going to invite our neighbors who are right behind the building to attend. So there will be people there that you don't know. And we're looking at this building as being our ministry center. Why not start with the very first thing we do, being ministry-oriented, right? Because it's, it's not just about us. This is a place for us to work from. And the Lord is going to give us clarity, I know, on what that is going to look like as we move forward. And then we will have a, a normal Sunday morning service. And if all goes well, we will immediately begin Wednesday night activities in the following weeks. So that is what is coming, and you can kind of get yourself ready for that, get in gear for that. Um, it's exciting. When you, when you get happy about concrete being poured and, um, and carpet tiles being laid, you either have a very dull life or it is really exciting. So the Lord is at work, and um, it is good. Have you ever been in a place where you're discouraged in life? Raise your hand. Has it been any time this week? Raise your hand. Okay. This morning I got up, and though this is not a major uh, discouragement, uh, my throat was like it is and um, wasn't feeling too hot in that way about be coming and, and speaking and doing all of those things. Um, and then uh, remembered my printer is broken at home. So I waited because this week has been a pretty busy week to print out my notes. So I thought, oh, no problem. I'll just come up here and I'll print them out on the copier. Um, they've removed the uh, Wi-Fi access to the copier. 
So I get up here, and, uh, and I, I uh, couldn't make my copies. And then I said, that's no problem. I'll go up to Office Depot that they shut down four or five months ago. Um, and so then I tried to overhaul a printer that was in there, and that didn't work. And, and, uh, and thank, thank the Lord. We've got guys in here that, that serve this body and, and work alongside me to help me. And they immediately sprung into action, getting cords and trying to rig things back and forth and whatever. And one got my thumb drive and sent it to home and got that printed to come back to me and all of these things. And then, of course, one of our errands, uh, Mr. Tech Guru, walks over with the thumb drive, plugs it into the copier, prints it out. Here's your notes. Yeah. That's a minute thing to be discouraged about, right? I text messaged my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law um, this morning because they just put her dad on hospice. Discouragement comes in all shapes and sizes, and it comes from every different direction. So sometimes we just need to be encouraged. Now, when we sing these worship songs that we sing, it is to God, but it encourages our very souls. When Hector goes into a different language, it was Spanish and was it French too? Just Spanish, French, French and Spanish. All I think of is there are believers all over the world and even in our community that are worshiping God in their native language and it's a beautiful thing. And it's not just meant to, to worship God as its primary focus. The secondary outpouring is on us that we are encouraged by who he is. So this morning, I just want to take a few minutes before we have communion together and encourage you as believers, as followers of Jesus, as part of the Lord's church, as heirs to eternity with God forever. We said that word a bunch today, but sometimes we just need to be built up, and that's what I want to do this morning. The, the theme of encouragement is throughout the New Testament scriptures, and for a lot of different reasons, actually. Barnabas encouraged the believers at Antioch in Acts 11 to remain true to the Lord. He said, it says, then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to God. Judas and Silas encouraged and strengthened the brothers with a very lengthy message in, math, in, in Acts 15, but we're reminded that they also being prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brethren with this lengthy message. In Romans 8, Paul reminds the believers that there are people that are given gifts of encouragement. He says, if your gift is encouragement, then encourage. In Ephesians 6 and Colossians 4, Tychicus was sent to the believers specifically to encourage them for this very purpose that you may know how things really are I want to encourage you 1 Thessalonians 3 Timothy was sent to encourage and strengthen the faith of the believers as a fellow worker of God he said I'm one of you going through the same stuff you're going through and I just want to encourage you as to your faith 
1 Thessalonians 5, the believers are reminded to encourage one another in truth regarding death and resurrection from the dead, something they had already made a pattern of their lives. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul asks for God to encourage the hearts of the believer. He says, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself. I love it when the scripture is, is recorded in that way. Over and over in scripture, the Lord Jesus himself, God himself will. He does not going to leave the task to someone else. Why? Because it's personal. It's personal. The God, of our, the God our Father, who loved us by his grace, gave us eternal encouragement. Not just temporary. Not just for a moment in time, like you sit here and you walk out of here and you're encouraged because of what is being said to you. Eternally. No more discouragement, no more anxiety, no more stress, no more pressure, no more wondering, no more concern, eternal encouragement and good hope. In First and Second Timothy as well as Titus, there is the encouraging of young men and young women to live lives that they're called to live before God. In Hebrews, the writer calls on believers to encourage one another in order to avoid sin and even to intensify the level of encouragement and, and just being together as you watch things getting worse. How many of you at some point this time, this week, have looked at what's going on in the world and think, it's just getting worse? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been talking to some of our school teachers about what's going on in the schools. And I can tell you it's getting worse. Hebrews says, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it, it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The reason I want to take the time today is because whenever I take the time, as, as Matt was saying, just about some of the things related to what the Lord is doing for a space for us, I appreciate you, and I appreciate this what the Lord is doing even more. And I'm really glad that the Lord has given Dina and I the opportunity and our family to be a part of this for so long and to watch his faithfulness, what he is doing. I can't, I, I can't not say this. Today's September the 11th. You'll see all over the news, the things reminding us of what happened 21 years ago, right? 21 years ago, yeah. It was tragic, it was difficult for the entire nation and even for the world. So I don't want to take away from that at all, but there was an event that took place in my life 35 years ago, and it was my first date with my first wife. Who was only five years old at the time. <laughs> who, who was... <laughs> If you didn't hear that, it was best that you didn't. <laughs> but God is faithful because she stuck with me this entire time, and I'm glad. 
I've always been informed in my life by the Apostle Paul, and I've encouraged you to try to be informed more by dead guys than live guys, because live guys can fail and they can, you know, fall apart and do all those. The dead guys, they've done everything they're going to do. So when I read the Apostle Paul, I'm encouraged by him, and, and the more I study his life and, and the writing that he did, inspired by the Spirit of God, the more I hear some of the same things that I desire to be. He said in Ephesians 3, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. That's exactly what I find myself desiring for this body of believers that we're a part of. But it's not just Paul. I also like to read John and, and learn from him how to be. Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me a great deal of joy to have some brothers come and tell me about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that you are walking in truth. And the desire of my heart is to be able to say what James has said, that you would be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So I want to walk through just a couple of things to encourage you as to who you are as a group of believers. I'm encouraged and I, I want to encourage you because of the way you understand serious things. There are some churches out there that games are more a part of how they uh, inform their people and, and fun is more about what church is about. And I'm not saying we can't have fun and we can't laugh and we have to be stone faced. You know me better than that. But when a group of people understand serious things, like for instance, death, it's, it's encouraging to people that walk through difficult times. You are, as Paul said, convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know what? You encourage me with that truth all the time. You know, as Paul told the Corinthian church, that this perishable must put on imperishable and the mortal must put on immortality. But when the perishable will have put on imperishable and the mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. You are able to say as a group of people in serious times like death, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm encouraged. And I want to encourage you. 
because of the way you deal with serious things like death and offer true comfort. You are not uninformed like those who have no hope because you firmly believe that Jesus died and rose again and even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus for this we shall say by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we shall always be with the Lord. And with these things, you and the few that are watching, you have surrounded those dealing with serious things like death. You surrounded me and my family a month and a half ago. You surrounded Leroy and Luan in just the last few weeks with the loss of his sister and all the travel that they had to do to help their family and they got text messages and they got phone calls and they got pats on the backs and hugs and all of those things but more than that they got the reminder just as I did that's not all there is that's not all there is and in those moments you no matter how discouraging life might be, no matter how difficult things might be in your life at that moment of time, you overflow with compassion. You hold hands and pray for those who are dealing with loss. And you give true comfort. And watching that and experiencing that encourages me that we are being who we're called to be. I'm encouraged and I want to encourage you because of the way you speak the truth in love. The phrase speaking the truth in love was used by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4 when he was talking about the unity and maturity and growth in the body of believers. It's not always easy. It's not always accomplished, even by those who desire to. But what I've seen, even in some situations recently, is the desire to be this way. I, I can't tell you the number of situations I've been called into only to find believers in this body have already been there interjecting truth into people's circumstances already laying a foundation that maybe I can build on applying the truth of what God has said in scripture to situation at hand I've watched you over the years as speculation and assumption and gossip and idle conversation and chit chat has given way to sincere concern and prayer and wisdom and desire to walk alongside people going through some really difficult times in life, even dealing with sin. And I've seen that when 
we miss the mark on doing some of these things well or even rightly, there's been humility in the process. One believer going back to another and saying, hey, I was, I was a little harsh there. I wasn't quite as merciful as I could have been. A desire not to judge and criticize, but to extend grace and mercy. And though we still can make progress and we can still excel still more, right, in all of those things, experiencing that, watching that encourages me that you, we are becoming who we're called to be. And I will tell you, I dealt with a situation just this week with an individual who is, professes to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ and from the life I know of this individual, it is true. And because of the lack of fellowship, the lack of those kind of things going on in this person's life, in where they're living right now, they were weakened to a point of doubting, to a point of anxiety and all of that. If you don't think it's important to speak the truth in love and to have that going on within a group of people, be absent that for a time. I'm encouraged and I want to encourage you because of the way you are faithful and because of the way you give. We've studied this before in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church where he gave them some instructions on giving. He gave them a few principles in order to continue effective ministry within the church. And the first one was consistency. He told them, bring it on the first day of the week. The second was consideration. Put aside and save so that you can give and be a part of that. Third was the recognition of how it actually took place. As you prosper, remember who gave it to you. And the last one was accountability for the ones that are in charge of those funds. That was Paul's admonition to the church in 1 Corinthians 16. As Matt was saying this morning, in, in just a relatively short time, relative to how long we've been in the process, right? Relatively short time, we are about to celebrate what the Lord has done in us and for us with new ministry space. And it thrills me to know that as we celebrate his work, we celebrate his work in each one of us. We're, we're, we're filled with a body who have and, and are being faithful to the gifts that they've been given. I've witnessed in this process a generosity, back to our church culture series, a generosity of time, a generosity of talent, a generosity of treasure to see this work continue forward. In that I've witnessed the faithfulness of people who have been moved by God, not manipulated by men, to be a part of what God's doing here in this group of people, but more importantly, what he is doing here through us in this area, in this town, in the places that we live. And as a result, I as a pastor 
actually feel encouraged that I can teach, maybe even in the near future, on, on giving and investment in the kingdom of God in that way, not from a position of, oh man, we really need the money or they're going to turn the lights out. Oh man, we really need the money, or, or right? Not from that position at all, because as a result of God's moving in your hearts, I sounded like I was 16 there. We're in a healthy place. We're not in an anxious place. We're looking forward with great anticipation and expectancy for what God is going to do. Watching that, experiencing that with you encourages me. And I hope that it encourages you to hear that what you are doing and living and being is encouraging someone else. I want to encourage you because of the way you're desiring to use your gifts in ministry. Had a conversation this week with someone and, and it's interesting because there are things that we think we're all about that we do and can do and have gifts and talents and abilities in and we set out to do those things and then we find out that's not where I'm supposed like everybody thinks that the greatest gifts in the church are the ones where you stand in front of people it's not true they're just gifts right so sometimes people want to do those things and then they find out that that's not where they need to be and they need to be serving or giving or doing somewhere else and then God reveals to them, look, this is where I've placed you. This is how I've made you and it's okay. This morning when I was a little frantic, my brother Scott fulfilled his calling as a deacon, as one who serves the Lord's church and in such a way serves those who minister in the Lord's church, maybe in the public way, and avoiding the distractions. I didn't ask him. And Scott, Scott's not one that wants people talking about him. So just when I say all this, just forget it all, okay? But I didn't ask him. I started walking toward the, the machine and he was all of a sudden behind me. And he stayed with me until the end. Romans 12 reminds us that we are each given different gifts. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teachings, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, or he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're reminded that there are varieties of gifts and abilities to serve the body, and, and they come from the same source, Jesus and they are to be used for the good of the body. There are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, a variety of service, but the same Lord, a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And can I tell you, I see that 
In Ephesians 4, all the gifts are in the body for equipping and serving, building up, unifying, maturing, and growing. He gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. In other words, we do not have what we have for ourselves alone, but for others. And if I were to take the time, I could go all the way down this row, all the way down this row, all the way down this row. And I could tell you the gifts that are being employed in this church by the people that are sitting here. It would take a long time. The thing that strikes me the most is that it's coming from all ages, all levels of education, all experiences, all stations of life. I walked in this morning and I was setting up for communion and I had one of our young men who I will not call out because it would embarrass him, but he came in and he said, do you need any help? Turned around because I knew the voice and I was like, yes, I do. And he helped me. And then 20 seconds later, another one of our young men and said, hey, can I, can I come in? Do you have anything that needs to be done? What we are seeing more and more of each day is people saying, look, I have this ability. How can I use it to glorify God in the Lord's church? I, I have this amount of time. One of our guys called me this week and he says, hey, I'm going to be up at the building doing such and such. I've only got a couple of hours but I'm going to serve in that way. But what's really exciting are the things that are happening in people's hearts that can't be suppressed. God is moving on the hearts of people to be involved in ministries. Maybe not even traditionally the way we would view ministries. Moving on their hearts to start ministries, maybe out of their own home, maybe at their job site, to support ministries. And they will not be deterred. I had someone come to me this morning and say, I want to give to this part of what's going on in the church. What has forever plagued the church is when people look at what needs to happen and they make suggestions about how it could or should happen, but don't take the commitment of themselves to be a part of seeing it happen seriously. You know you're in a good place when that type of thinking and inactivity begins to be overtaken by the burden that only God can place on an individual and they can't shake it until they're doing what God has called them to do. I, I don't believe by any stretch of the imagination that we're perfect or that we have exhausted all of our potential in that way, but I believe we're seeing growth in that area as people are being inspired to fulfill what God has called them to do. Watching that in you encourages me I want to give you just one more I'm encouraged and I want to encourage you 
because of the way your faith toward God is going forth. Those were the words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. This is what he said in 1 Thessalonians 1. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brothers, beloved by God, his choice of you, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to await for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. Two weeks ago, I was introduced to a person, and this person said to me, yeah, I've heard all about your church from so-and-so, person in this body. And I said, really? And, uh, and I said, so what did they say? And so this person started telling me what they said about the church and, you know, all of these things. It was weird because it was at Chick-fil-A. I can't tell you how encouraging it is to know that when you are out and about, not just that you're talking about the church, but that you're talking about Jesus, it should encourage you when you hear these things of faithfulness and generosity and, and your faith and the gospel witness and all of these things, the, the, the taking of serious matters and handling them well, encouragement and comfort and all of those things, it should encourage you that God is at work in you. Years and years and years ago, we used to do testimony services. Everybody that remembers testimony services, raise your hand. Okay. So some of the people are going, what? We used to do that. And people would just sit around and they would talk about what God had done in them, for them, and through them that week. Sometimes they got a little weird. People would testify about things that were a little weird. They would testify about things that really had nothing to do with God. Um, I actually heard a lady when I was little, it kind of scared me to death because I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. She made the statement, her name was Nell Carter, and she sat right about where Essie's sitting every Sunday. And she stood up and she called our pastor by name and she said, Pastor, the devil's been after me all week. Bless his holy name. God is going to see me through. And I got the sentence mixed up. 
And I thought she was blessing the holy name of the devil. And I sat up because I think I wasn't paying attention at the time. I mean, I was only like eight, right? The testimony of our faith goes forth. The things you say to one individual, you never know where that's going to go. And, and when I, by happenstance, fall into something like that where you've been already, I can't tell you how much that encourages me, but it should encourage you what the Lord is doing. I believe we're continuing to be defined as individuals, as a fellowship, and there's great opportunity for us ahead. God is at work, and we are being given the opportunity to join him in this season where he is working and I just want to encourage you as to how I am praying for you. I'm praying that we will recognize that we have to work while it is still day, while we still have opportunity. I want to encourage you that we need to encourage each other just like this, even as we see the times getting worse and the day approaching that the Lord will return. And I want to encourage you to continue to live for what matters to eternity. Ben's coming. He's going to lead us in communion this morning, and the guys are going to get things together and help him. But when we take this time and we spend it in communion, it's reminding us of the things that matter the most. So let's do that, Ben. Ben.